We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's February 3rd. It's 2021, and we have 10 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined for the second day in a row, my buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not too bad. It's been a long day. I'm leaving tomorrow for the Super Draft Party in Vegas, so I have that to look forward to. But just trying to hammer everything out before. Before I leave, it's exhausting. Well, um, yeah, you know, it's always <laughs> fun, right? Like, oh yeah, it definitely it, could be worse. It's going to be a great time there. I'm looking forward to it. I just, I had some family go to Vegas recently, and they like had really like tight restrictions. So I'm interested oh, to yeah. see if you like run into that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, no, they. I was back there in October, and it's like honestly, I'm. They, they do a really good job of limiting everything. And so luckily there's a golf event and there's a few other things that are all be outside. So that's good. Well, that should be fun. Um, we are presented by monkey knife fight. If, if you haven't tried them out, they are the fastest growing single player DFS site out there. Get a matching hundred percent bonus up to $50 on your first deposit rotogrinders.com slash partners slash mkf um it will be in the description as well let's jump start and get going here 10 games to talk about a uh, lot to cover we start with philly at charlotte um no total in this game ferguson's out scott is out Rogier is questionable and pj washington is out um let's start here with the 76ers what are we looking at here on philly uh Embiid. that's it um it's a good matchup for Embiid. Like Charlotte, not great versus Bigs. Like Washington out. Like they mostly will have Zeller in there. I, I just, it, it's just Embiid. Like Simmons is fine. He can absolutely put up a big game at any given time, but he's 8.2K on a slate where there's 10 games and there's a whole lot of other stuff to go with. Harris is not someone I'm really interested in, although it is a good spot. It's not someone I'm interested in. Not really a whole huge ceiling with that Embiid and Simmons in there. Like Seth Curry at four six is a little bit interesting, but again, he's just not getting to thirty minutes. He hasn't been shooting well. He hasn't been doing a ton ever since he came back from COVID. Um, like he's just been bad. He's gonna go off one of these nights and gonna get hot from behind the arc and end up hitting five 
three pointers. I don't know if tonight's going to be the night. I'm not going to argue with it, but I'd rather go with him on a shorter slate. Shake Melton, not going to get enough minutes. Never play Danny Green again because I'm still angry about his 50 point outburst. But like, it's really just Embiid. None of these guys stand out as being in a great spot outside of Harris, who's 7 3. Like, you're just still not going to get over 40 points from him. Yeah, you know, Tobias is one of the safer options, I think, on this slate, but I don't think he's someone you're looking at in large field tournaments. I do think he's a good play. Uh, like you said, the matchup is fantastic. It, even better matchup with, like, P.J. Washington being out. So don't hate Harris. I, I like the Embiid call. You know, I always like picking on Charlotte with big, so um, definitely don't mind that. On the Charlotte side of things, um, you know, P.J. Washington being out should definitely open up, you know, Big minutes for Zeller. He played 39 minutes the other night. He's 5,800. He's a guy that I think you have to look at on this slate. And LaMelo Ball, um, if we get news that Rogier is out, is he's interesting. Like, we got a floor game the other night um, uh, against Miami. He shot three for 11 and still ended up with 14 fantasy points. Um, what are we looking at here on Charlotte? Yeah, uh, he shot three from 11. He got into foul trouble early, like realistically yeah. starting. He could end up with 35 minutes. So if Rozier is out, expect a big game out of Mello. And I don't mind Hay- Hayward, Mello, or Grant if you bring him back with Embiid like Hayward. Should get decent minutes, should get decent points. Like he's consistently been in the high 30s, low 40s every single game in terms of minutes and in terms of fantasy points. So never a guy that I mind going with. Graham is 6,600, always offers a little bit of upside. Got played 41 minutes. They're just going to play everyone, play condensed rotation. Like you said, Zeller ended up with 39 minutes the other night. So it's all these guys are going to play a boatload of minutes. The interesting part is who's going to get some extra run if Rogier is out and with PJ Washington out. So there's going to be some value in this game. I'm going to wait and see what the starting lineup is going to be, but bridges could potentially get some extra run if they decide to go small. Although I don't think they will. Um, I mean, I don't think they'd throw Zeller at the four, but like monk and bridges are the two most likely guys to get some extra run here. Both of them are priced cheap at 4,600 monk obviously went off for a massive game. I'm guessing might be a bit chalky if Rogier is out, but it's all kind of dependent on the Rogier news. And if he's out, then that opens up a great spot for ball and a lot of minutes for both Bridges and Monk. Yeah. Malik Monk had a 23% usage rate off the bench the other night. Um, big minutes. Like you said, I don't think we see 40 minutes again. You mentioned LaMelo getting in foul trouble. So I think Malik Monk, maybe 30 minutes in this spot if Rozier sits, but too cheap at 4k. If Rozier is out, Malik Monk is probably the top value play on the slate. Um, and, and like, I don't think anybody will really argue that um, there's, there's bad chalk and then there's good chalk. I think he's good chalk on the slate. So definitely looking at the Charlotte side, um, depending on the Rozier news, Pacers, Bucks, no total in this game. Oh, there is a total now. 232, Milwaukee fair by eight and a half. Um, Back-to-back for the Pacers. We know Levert and Warren are out. And then on Milwaukee, everybody's good to go. What are we looking at here for Indiana? I mean, second minute back-to-back, it's pretty much – Sabonis went absolutely scorched earth. But Brogdon got in some foul trouble. The game's still going on as we speak. Um, but, like, it – so bonus Braga and Turner on second end of back-to-back, probably still going to play a boatload of minutes. All three of them are very much in play, although they don't stand out as great plays. I could end up – I, you said a total came out. Is it spread out for it yet? Yeah, Milwaukee eight and a half. All right, that's 
I feel like that might move a little bit bigger even before game. I'm worried a little bit about blowout on the second end of back to back, but I think with Levert and Warren still out, like it still has minutes for both Lamb and Holiday. Holiday started off pretty hot today. I'm not sure where he's at right now, but like he's always a guy that at 5.1K, not going to get you a ton of upside, but the minutes will be there. Lamb is the more interesting play at 5.7, although that price tag's probably about where it is. I mean, it's a fast paced matchup, but it's a tough defensive matchup. Like, I don't know. No one, everyone's in play, and that's pretty much it. Like, Sabonis, Brogdon, Turner, Lamb, Holiday are all in play. None of them are good plays on a 10 game slate. Yeah, I probably won't have a lot of this game in general. I hope that that this game just kind of stays somewhat low scoring. Um, you know, they, they haven't played each other yet this season either, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, but anyway, like, I, I think Sabonis would be the guy that you'd be looking at. Brogdon, I, I think he's okay, but I, I really think Sabonis would be the guy. Jeremy Lamb, his price is kind of creeping up to the point where he could still hit value at this price, but I, I think it's getting harder and harder each each slate um, with his prices in, increasing. Um, on the Bucks side... Giannis is 11K, Middleton's 8-2, like Drew is 77. Any of these three guys can go off on any slate. Drew's, you know, over 40 fantasy points in three straight games. Um, do you like anything here for the Bucks? I mean, Drew is probably my favorite, but it all kind of depends on this game staying close. Like, if there's a lot of value, like obviously Monk uh, could end up opening up a lot of value. There's a few other guys that could potentially open up a lot of value. There's going to be value in the OKC game. So we'll have the ability to pay out for some guys. And so a game stack isn't out of the question here with Brogdon's bonus on one side and Giannis and Drew Holiday on the other. But Middleton's also in play too. I'm just really worried about a blowout here um, with Indiana being on the second end of a back-to-back. Giannis, we've seen him in close games playing the high 30s minutes, which is incredibly enticing, has 75-point upside in any given matchup where he's going to end up playing that many minutes, and this is a pretty decent spot for him. So, like, it's pretty much you play the blowout spot and you play the non-blowout spot. If it's not going to blow out, then you can stack this up. You can go with Giannis. You can go with Middleton. You can go with Drew. Drew is probably my favorite option, followed by Giannis, followed by Middleton. If it's not going to be like that, then you can always take a shot on Bobby Portis, hoping for a blowout and fading it. But realistically, it, it's it's just I, – I don't feel like this game stays close is my problem, especially with Indiana back-to-back. So that, that's just kind of my thoughts. I know it's not good to play in on a blowout, but on a 10-game slate – Giannis being 11K just makes it tough to stack up this game unless a lot of, unless you use a lot of value plays. I, like I said, I probably won't go crazy with this game. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez maybe, but like I, I can't, you can't even really trust Brooke Lopez um, with like Bobby, Bobby Portis getting minutes too. So I, I think Drew, like you said, I think the order you said it in is, is right on. So Dallas at Atlanta, 224 total here. Dallas favored by one and a half. Uh, Dallas, good to go injury-wise. Bogdanovich, Dunn, Hunter remain out for Atlanta. Dallas is playing awful basketball right now. Awful basketball. Um, They looked a little bit better against Phoenix the other night. Do you like anything here for the Mavs? Luka was just going such, like, scorched earth, ridiculous putting up so many shot attempts for a while, like playing out of his mind, triple-double, 30 points every single night. And 
He's just been so bad recently that I think if he's going to come in very low owned, then it's not the worst idea in the world to play him considering a lot of people might go with Giannis, but realistically, like it is a good matchup going up against Atlanta, but nothing stands out. I mean, Porzingis can have a big night any given night at his price tag at 72. He got up to 34 minutes the other night. He's been around the 34 minute mark for a while. So he has a bit of upside, but they've just played terrible. It's not a spot. I really want to go with them. Like it's, it's GPP flyers on Luca and Porzingis. And that's really it. Yeah. Like Luca can break slates. Like this is a dude that can go for 80 plus fantasy points on any given night. Um, it's a, it's a great matchup against Atlanta. I think, you know, you're definitely looking at Luca in this spot. I think like, Tim Hardaway is like right at that price where I think he is playable um, in this matchup against Atlanta. But outside of those guys, I just, I don't want to play like Finney Smith. I know he's playing a ton of minutes. He just doesn't do anything with it. Um, Josh Richardson, he's playing a lot of minutes. He finally had a game the other night against Phoenix. Like maybe you take shots on him, but overall I think Luca is the guy that I'd be taking shots on here for Dallas. And then, if I'm playing Luca, I'm probably running it back with like one of Capella or Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, no, right there with you. I'd ignore uh, Trey Young's game last game. Um, matchup versus the Lakers, low scoring game. Not going to be the same here going up against Dallas. Like he's put, he still put up 56 in the last game just because he can get it done shooting and he can get it done dishing it out. But he's averaged 35 points over the last seven. And that's with. Uh, two games or over the last six with two games of 25 and 28. Like he has 40 real point upside and he can contribute a little bit with peripheral stats. He can definitely get a double, double with assists. Like he's the guy that I want. Capella has just been a bit disappointing lately. He's not getting into the mid thirties in minutes at all. And I don't fully understand why they brought him down a little bit, but he's gotten two days rest. Maybe that'll help. Cause they did have that uh, fairly long series of what, four games in six days, five days. Um, so Capella is fine as a GPP play. Collins is fine as a GPP play. Hers fine as a GPP play, but predominantly it's Trey Young for me. Trey Young um, or Capella, like, you know, obviously you can take shots on John Collins if you want to. I'm not going to talk you off of it, but I really do think it's the big, big two here. Cam Reddish at 4,600 is – someone that could definitely you know have a big game with hunter out um you, you can't trust it like you're just you're kind of rolling the dice um and just hoping that like it potentially hits herder is going to continue to play a lot of minutes if he has a night where he shoots lights out he could get there but really trey young or capella uh the knicks and the bulls 216 and a half total here chicago favored by three and a half um dsj is out for the knicks he's in g league and then Wendell carter jr and dotson are out for the bulls um what do we like here for the knicks randall and bear are fine we just saw this matchup a few days ago randall didn't play great but he still ended up with 50 points at 9k i'm fine with that barrett had a real rough night and he's playing in the low 30s minutes grand he got in a little bit of foul trouble and he has a few times recently he offers some upside at 6400 but the guy that I'm sure you're going to be interested in too, but I'm definitely interested in is quickly got 30 minutes the other night. Like they have to give him more run. They keep giving him more run and he's just shooting 
over and over again on the floor. He had a rough shooting night the other night, shooting 38% from the field, and he still ended up with 34 points. If we can expect 30 minutes out of him again, going up against a bad defensive, fast-paced Chicago team, quickly can absolutely crush this price tag. He might get ownership, he might not, but I plan on playing him in this perfect spot here and expecting him to get into the 30s because they'll finally give him some more run. Um, talked about him the other day. Um, love this spot again. He, he's he's closing games. Like I love that he's getting a high usage rate with the second unit, and he's closing the game. So I really like this spot for quickly. Um, you know, obviously Chicago plays at a much faster pace than the Knicks. Um, just about any team in the NBA pay, plays at a faster pace than the Knicks. So um, played Julius Randle in this spot the other night. Definitely think you could go back to the well on him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, same spot for quickly that I talked about uh, was it Monday. So definitely going back to the well on him. And outside of those two guys, like Alec Burks is 4,700. He could have a decent game. But, you know, I just think, you know, we're seeing a lot of usage on that second unit with quickly. And I think that's the guy you're kind of looking at. Um, I don't want him to start. I really don't. I want him to continue to come off the bench and, Hopefully our boy uh, Thibodeau, you know, does does, his does thing the right and plays thing. him for thirty five minutes. Yeah, plays him for thirty five minutes off the bench, so he stays low owned. Um, what do you like here for Chicago? Nothing, Mike Levine, Marketing, White, Young, are all fine, but I don't want to play anyone. It's the next slow paced game. We literally saw this game the other night. Um, I know that Marketing had a good game. Uh, but he shot six from 12 from beyond the arc and 11 for 18 from the field. He's shot out of his mind the last two games, which he can absolutely do, but it's not something we should fully expect. It's going to be a slow paced, low scoring game. I'm not expecting a ton. Um, so everyone's priced where they should be. Everyone on there has upside, but in a low pace, like teams just don't score a ton of points versus New York. I think in the last 11 games, there's only been five times where they've made uh, the opposing team has gotten over 105 points. Um, so it's just not a great spot. And I just plan on fading him on a 10 game slate. Yeah. Fade him the other night. Um, same spot. I just, I, I like the team that's getting the huge uptick. I hate the team that's getting the huge down. Um, so I really think this is a spot. I'll probably stay away from Chicago. Yes. It's just nothing like that stands out to me whatsoever. Yeah, it's a ten game slate. There's there's no point in no point in anything in this game. Or Clippers and Cavs. Clippers and Cavs, um, no total in this one. Drummond questionable is is why there's no total in this one. And second um, end of a back to back for the Clippers. Second end of a back to back for the Clippers, so we'll have to wait for that. Um Larry Nance has already ruled out for this game. Dova's out, um, Kevin Love's out. So we'll have to see what happens as far as like Paul George and Kawhi. Um, what do you like here for the Clippers? I mean, yeah, it's entirely dependent on if Paul George and Kawhi play. If both of them play, then a matchup versus Cleveland, a slow-paced team that's decent defensively, I'm, I'm just fading the Clippers. If one of them sits, you can obviously play the other one. Both of them sits, it opens up a lot of value. It's just impossible to talk about the night before. But this doesn't grade out as a good matchup. I don't expect it to be high scoring. I don't expect it to be particularly close, especially if Drummond ends up missing with everyone else out. So I'm just like, if one misses, play the other guy. You can play the other guy, but it doesn't stand out as a fantastic play. 
if both miss, then this is largely a spot that you're looking at the value because the most expensive guy on the board is 5,900 with a Baca, but it's not a great matchup. Just fade if everyone's playing and be on the lookout for injury news or resting news. Yeah. If people start sitting, this becomes a very interesting spot for the Clippers. If people, if everybody plays and you know, it's, it's the main guys, Paul George, maybe at 8,700, but I don't love it. Um, you know, Kawhi is fine too, but like they're playing Brooklyn on Tuesday night and it's a super competitive game. Like I wouldn't be shocked if one of these guys sits um, overall, but I don't know. Unless we get some news here, I'm probably just going to overall pass on the Clippers. And then on the Cleveland side, I think really like Drummond dictates this. If, if Drummond's out, um, you know, I, I think we go right back to the well on um, I can't think of his name. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah, like he absolutely crushed the other night, and there's no reason not to go back to the well on him in this spot. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Allen is a fantastic play if Drummond ends up missing. If Drummond ends up missing, I don't mind going with Garland or Sexton either. Like both their prices are pretty affordable. Like, this is a spot where if Drummond ends up missing, the most expensive guy on the team is going to be 6,900, and they are going to run a fairly tight rotation. It's going to be Osmond. It's going to be Prince. It's going to be Garland. It's going to be Allen. It's going to be Sexton. They're all going to play a boatload of minutes. They'll stagger the rotation so the Garland and Sexton, one of them is in at the same time. So maybe if you want, you can take a shot on McGee, but predominantly – it's just going to be the other guys because they ran Allen out there for 35 minutes. They ran McGee out there for 13 minutes. I'll expect them to do the exact same. Allen at 35 minutes is just going to absolutely smash like he did the other night. I'm not expecting a 50-point outing, but 45 points is kind of what he, a decent amount of upside is for him, and that's more than enough to pay off a $6,500 price tag. But everyone is in play over there. It's drum and miss. The only way that they don't end up – Beating value is if there's a blowout and they still might get a decent amount of run. Yeah, I was going to say they could potentially even get the minutes in a blowout. So um, you mentioned Prince. Like he played 32 minutes in his start um, from Larry Nance the other night, and Nance has already ruled out. So Prince is 4,900. Um, definitely don't mind. Like dude shot two for 10 and still put up 30 fantasy points the other night. So definitely don't mind um, Prince in this spot. Uh, Washington at Miami, no total in this game. It's the second end of a back-to-back for Washington. Uh, Miami, Harkless, and Leonard remain out. Um, do you like anything here for Washington? I mean, if second end of a back-to-back, decent chance that Westbrook ends up sitting. Um, that opens up everything. It opens up minutes for everyone. Like Ish Smith potentially is a guy at 4,800, could get some extra run. Like this game, by the way, it's the third quarter, and it's 106 to 90. Like yeah, hey, you called it yesterday. You said you you bet the over, right? Yeah, I bet I hammered the over today. Although the problem is, I took there's a promo on the DK sportsbook, and I parlayed it with like four different things, and every single one of those other ones ended up losing. So yeah, could be worse, but oh well. Uh, But yeah, if Westbrook ends up leaving, leave or sitting, Beal like even on the second and back to back, Beal should absolutely crush. It's that simple. You can play any of the other ancillary guys like Chamora, Bertans, H. Smith would probably be my favorite because of the potential uptick in minutes with Westbrook out. 
but Beal is just in a smash spot as he always is. He's going to eat. He's going to have a 40% usage in this spot here. So play Beal if Westbrook's out. If Westbrook's in, then I don't mind Westbrook or Beal as a play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think the only way I'm looking at playing Washington guys here is if Westbrook sits. If Westbrook plays, potentially playing Westbrook at 9,200 is not the worst thing. But I, I think, like, overall, I, I wouldn't go too crazy here with Washington. And on the Miami side, like, Jimmy Butler is priced at 8400 But this is a dude that has gone over 50 in back-to-back games since returning from, like, the COVID stuff. Like, they're getting healthy. But is he still in that price range where we could play him here? Bam? No, Butler. Butler. Yeah, I think Butler is. He's the one guy that I'm considering. I mean, he's put up 50 and two straight. Like, he's playing high 30s minutes. Like, Bam's a little bit overpriced at 9,300, but Butler is still a little bit underpriced, especially if Hero and although Hero's probable, he'll most likely play. Uh, if Drogic's out, like, I don't know. They're still both projected play, but I think regardless of who ends up playing, like, Butler is too cheap at 8,400. If Hero and Drogic are both in, then Likely no reason to play none. There's going to be enough minutes go around. Butler's the only one that really offers a ton of upside. But yeah, Butler, like you're getting a guy that can go for 60, has been consistently going for 50. Like this price tag's not really high enough. I don't know why they didn't raise it from the Charlotte game. Like doesn't really make sense to me. They're getting a matchup versus Washington. Washington, like 80% of their games end up like 135 to one. 28 or 140 to 135 like there it's just an incredible matchup every single night they're playing at the highest pace in the league by 1.3 possessions and they are the worst defense or second worst defensive team in the league it's just a beautiful spot every time you can't get a better spot than going up against washington outside of maybe brooklyn now but we'll see if that kind of goes regresses more towards the mean but yeah, it's a matchup versus Washington in Butler's 8,400. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, with everybody back, I think we are taking a backseat on, like, Kendrick Nunn. Um, like, he didn't even play on Monday. Um, so, I think, like, Butler's the main target here. I don't hate Bam. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Uh, you know, if you find him on a site cheaper, I don't have Yahoo or anything pulled up. Uh, maybe that's where you – Then go over on that's... Super Draft. He's at 1.35x. I don't mind him there. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, but, it, like, is he a power forward or center? Uh, he's both. Yeah, so, you know, that obviously makes more sense. If he's at center, um, you know, it's going to be hard if Drummond's out not to play Allen over there. I'm sure yeah. he's close to 2x. Yep. Um, Houston at OKC, 224 total here. Houston favored by five. Uh, you should go bet this right now and just take uh, Houston in this game. Anyway. Wait, is it minus five? Like, unless they've pulled it, that's what it was when I um, looked it up earlier. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Did it move? Uh, it's not on the DK. I'm literally looking through every single... All right, well, you do that. Exum's out, Nawaba's out, John Wall is out, Porter's out, and then on OKC, SGA is out, Hill is out, and Jerome is out. Um, let's start here with Houston. John Wall out um, going up against the, the Thunder. 
I think the biggest thing that we're worried about here is Oladipo and Christian Wood getting enough minutes if this game doesn't stay close. Yeah, uh, the line moved to six point five. I still, I still think that's like yeah. this. They just beat them by thirty like the other night, and now they don't have SGA. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they don't have SGA, and um, and like the only difference is Walls out. Like they're still they've been fantastic defensively since the trade. Like Oladipo has made a pretty big difference. It's just like if you think this game somehow stays close, which I don't, then. I mean, I wouldn't suggest betting it, but uh, like, yeah, if you think this game stays close, then Oladipo and Wood are, should be in smash spots. Without Wall in there, like big uptick in usage. If Oladipo gets 37 minutes, like even with Wall in there, he still has a decent amount of usage. But if he plays 36 minutes, him and Wood are just going to crush their price tags at 7-6 and 8-6. Like it's just silly price tags. Christian Wood put up 41 points and 43 points in the last two games, only playing 26 and 27 minutes. Oladipo put up 31 and 41 points in 25 and 25 minutes in the last two games. They were both blowouts, so that's why now Wall's not in there. There's more usage to go around. If With Wall out, I think that like they'll probably have Oladipo run point. I think that Tate is in play at 4,700. He should be in for an in t- increase in minutes and an uptick in usage. He's 4,700. Last two games, not playing a ton of minutes. He still ended up with 27-30. They've just been running perfectly, and I think Wood, Oladipo, Tate is a perfect game stack if you want to bring it back with a lot of OKC value and just hope that this stays close. Yeah, just on Tate, man. I think that he is very much in play here with no John Wall. Um, like that call a lot. I, I could see people going like Eric Gordon, but I, I don't mind Eric Gordon. I think I think Tate actually has a higher ceiling though. So, but yeah, I like Oladipo and Wood a lot. If you think this game stays close, um, on the Thunder side of things with SGA out, um, I guess we're like potentially looking at um, Theo Malden, right? Like he he should play a boatload of minutes here. He should play a boatload of minutes. Like I have to assume that he will. I haven't run court IQ. I'm actually gonna pull like it would that be out. him and Dort, wouldn't it? Like wouldn't that be like the the front backcourt? Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be those two, and those two are by far my favorite plays just because like without SGA on the court, there's so much usage to go around. We run court IQ and the big bumps go to George Hill, but I don't think that's you gotta take him off. Yeah, he's yeah, out too. He's, that's well, that's only eight minutes. Like that's yeah, that was just the first thing. But Dork gets a nine point six percent usage bump. Like that's massive. Basley gets a seven percent usage bump. Bump Dio gives a three point seven. Horford gets a little bit of a usage bump, although I'm not really buying into that too much. I don't really want to play Horford, but the most expensive guy on this team is six K. Like Basley, Dio, Mel- Meldon, Dork. All these guys are far too cheap. This is where you're looking for value. This is where a lot of the value is going to open up or going to be at outside of Monk. And yeah, like all you have to do is hope this stays close because if it doesn't stay close, I'm not going to be surprised if they throw in like Ty Jerome, Jackson, Miller, Mascala at the end of the game and just kind of rest their, their younger guys. Yeah, like you're you're just like you said, you're just hoping that this game stays close. Um, if it stays close, 
a game stack could win tournaments of this game if it stays yeah. close. I mean, Dort's a point per minute guy without SGA on the floor. Yeah, one point one two. Um, Diallo, you know, he's like you said, he's a guy that definitely sees an increase as well. But his minutes have kind of dropped away lately, so it'd be interesting to see where he kind of ends up minute minutes wise with SGA off the floor. Yeah, like man, Diallo is super interesting too. Um, especially if everybody starts going Dort, I think you could be different and go Diallo. Um, even though I, I think both of them are really strong plays. Yeah. Um, Minnesota at San Antonio, two twenty-three and a half total here. Uh, Spurs favored by eight. Uh, Culver is out. Cat is out. Hernan Gomez and Russell are both questionable. And then on the Spurs side of things, LaMarcus Aldridge is out. Um, let's start here with Minnesota. What do we like here for the Timberwolves? DK crashed, so I might not have everything up. But, uh, like, without, if it all depends on the news. Like, you can kind of move stuff around depending on what news ends up coming out. But if Russell's in, then you can play Russell at 6,800. I know he's been trash recently. But that doesn't matter to me too much. He's still D'Angelo Russell. He can still absolutely crush on any given slate. If he's out, Beasley, Edwards are obviously the main two guys I want to go with. Um, if Nas Reed and Herman Gomez are out, I think you can play Vanderbilt. I don't want to play Ed Davis, but you probably can. Like if Russell's out, you can play Rubio. So it all kind of depends on the news of who's going to end up playing and who's not. It's tough to do the night before, but I think that there is definitely – a bunch of different spots you can go with here. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Like if Russell plays, I think he's in play. Um if Hernan Gomez were to play, you know, I think he is someone that, you know, assuming that like they say he's okay conditioning wise, um, he would be someone that's interesting in this spot as well. So uh, injuries obviously going to dictate what we do here with Minnesota. Um, if Russell ends up sitting, if, if Hernan Gomez ends up sitting, like you're potentially taking shots on like Edwards and Malik Beasley, but Beasley's kind of at that price point where I don't love it. Um, going to the Spurs side of things, like, I think Jacob Podol is going to get really solid minutes here with LaMarcus Aldridge out. He kind of checked in for LaMarcus Aldridge when Aldridge got hurt in the third quarter the other night. Um, it was kind of a blowout, so like he even checked out in the fourth quarter. So I think Jacob Podol probably ends up closer to like 28 minutes. He's 4,600. He could be a low-owned value play on this slate, but – Really, the guys that I think you're looking at here, DeMar DeRozan, 6,900. Um, DeJounte Murray is 6,400. And Johnson is 6,100. Yeah, no, you look at court IQ without LMA on the court and DeRozan, 4.4% usage bump. He's 6,900. That's far too cheap, especially going up against Minnesota. Um, Going to be probably a smash spot for him if this game stays close. Murray, Johnson, both at a 2% uptick in usage without him on the floor, so... We kind of know where things go out, and we kind of know that the minutes are most likely going to go with Potal, although there is always the chance that they end up going small here with going up against Minnesota, depending on who's able to play or not. Um, but, yeah, like it, it's pretty cut and dry that Murray, Johnson, and DeRozan are all very underpriced without LMA on the floor, and they always have big upside. If I 
have my preference. It's DeRozan followed by Johnson followed by Murray, although Johnson might get a decent amount of ownership after his big night the other night. And then Puddle just gets a massive uptick in minutes. Yeah. Um, I think the Spurs are too cheap again. I feel like the Spurs have been too cheap uh, for, for weeks now, like just in general. So they're like the exact um, opposite of the Brooklyn big three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dude, can we can we say big three um, for San Antonio? Like, who who would be your big three? Would it be Johnson or would it be LMA? LMA? Yeah, it would be Johnson. Um, all right, uh, Phoenix at New Orleans, two twenty three and a half total here. Phoenix favored by two. Um, Nader is questionable. Payne is out. Sarge is out. And then on the New Orleans side, Adams is questionable. Um, anything standing out to you for Phoenix? I mean, it all depends on if Booker ends up playing or not. Um. He's back. Uh, why do I say questionable tag? He they have they have a questionable tag, but he's probable. He played the other night too. He played thirty one uh, minutes. I wasn't sure if they're going to give him some rest after coming back from that injury. Um, nothing like New Orleans, not a big pace team. Like you can take tournament shots on Aiden, Paul, Booker, but realistically, they're all priced where they should be. It's a ten game slate. And most upsides probably Chris Paul, who can always give you fifty five fantasy point upside, but. Realistically, there's drastic underpricing all over the place. The studs are in great spots on the slate. So going with Chris Paul is just not the best move on the slate going up against New Orleans. Yeah, I think you're like ending up more like paying up at point guard for like a Luca or a Trey Young or something along those lines on this slate. Um and on the New Orleans side, I, I really think the only guy that I have, you know, someone interested here is like Lonzo. Um, I you know, still under six K. I think Lonzo's the guy that it has the best chance to kind of like seven, eight X, um, you know, if he does anything else the other night, gets any kind of rebounds or anything, he, he crushes Sacramento. But um, I think Lonzo at 5,700 is the guy we look at the most from the Pelicans. Yeah. The only guy that I really have any interest in at all, like Ingram hasn't been great for a while. Zion pretty much does two things. And Ball is the only guy that's probably a bit underpriced. I mean, Zion and Ingram at 8.1 and 8K, not worth it. It's only Ball here. And it's like he's just an all right play considering how much value we have on the slate and how many just drastically mispriced guys we have on the slate. Uh, we finished it out with Boston at Sacramento. No total in this game because as we're recording, Boston is playing uh, the Warriors. Uh, they're on a back-to-back, obviously. And then the Kings, they're good injury report-wise outside of, I think, Bielitsa. Um, What are we looking at here on Boston? Marcus Smart's out. We know that. He's out two to three weeks. Yeah, it's a little bit tough. I, want to, I mean, Kemba Walker on the second end of the back-to-back. Do you think he ends up playing? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little different scenario than normal because Marcus Smart is out. Like, I would expect them to set him if uh, Marcus Smart was playing, but maybe he doesn't play a ton of minutes tonight. I don't know. This game is still going on, is going to be going on for a while as we're recording. So I just don't know how many minutes he's going to get and how much he's going to end up playing. So if he's, they say he's good to go, I don't hate it at 6,500 if he's going to get high 20s minutes, but I doubt it. So I think this is mostly the Tatum and Brown show. It's going up against Sacramento, by far the worst defense in the league, still just a moderate pace team, but they're so bad defensively that it more than makes up for it. So it's those two guys. And then if Walker ends up missing, then I got to assume that like what Teague and waters are going to get all the minutes here. And they're 
so cheap that I think that they can end up playing like making value. But problem is, do you want to use them over guys like Dort, Baisley, Diallo? Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they make the cut on this slate. Like, definitely look out for them. Definitely use them as a possibility, especially if you're stacking up this game. But it's mostly just Brown and Tatum in a good matchup. I think you have to, when you're looking at this Boston situation, you're going to have to look at how Tuesday played out rotation-wise and see what the rotations would potentially look out look at without Kimba if he does sit. So a lot of stuff that's going to kind of break in this game tomorrow, um, Wednesday during the day. So we'll just going to have to kind of pay attention to that, but – I think Jalen Brown's underpriced. Um, I think this is a fantastic matchup for him. He's a guy that can go for 50-plus fantasy points. So I really like Jalen Brown in this spot. Like, I don't mind Tatum as well, but I think Jalen Brown is really the guy, and especially if, like, Kimba sits. Um, What do we like here for Sacramento? Uh, For Sacramento, I mean, same guys as always. Halliburton offers you some upside. Bagley offers you some upside. Barnes, I'd say, is my favorite, but it's not a great matchup. It's a big slate. Like, anyone's a GPP dart. Fox is a good guy to bring back if you're using Brown or Tatum. Um, Buddy is a guy that I just don't play anymore. Holmes always offers a little bit of upside. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's the same Sacramento team. Everyone kind of has upside. It's good luck guessing on any given night which one it's going to be. But it's not a great matchup versus Boston, so I'm probably just going to full-on fade him. Yeah, it is the second end of a back-to-back, and if you're playing like Tatum or Fo- or Brown, maybe you go Fox or you go like Rashard Holmes or something along those lines. Um, I don't hate that idea. Um, that's it. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, give me your favorite play under 5K to 7X. Dort. Dort, he says. Um. Not knowing if Rozier, if Rozier was like, if we knew Rozier was going to be out, I would easily say that. But I'm going to go Jason Tate um, as kind of off the radar, off the board play. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust at the top today? This one's actually a little bit hard, but I'm going Levine. All right. Yeah. I, I think the guy I'm likely to fade here is probably Bam. So I'm going to go Bam. Um, You know, usage is down with Butler back and stuff. Favorite 6X play on the slate. Who do you got? DeRozan. DeRozan, DDR. Um, Give me Malden. I think, like, this is an easy 6X spot for him. Um, Let's get weird GPP play of the day. That's tough there. Um. You got a guy in mind? Yeah, there's so much value on this slate that I I highly doubt quickly is going to be popular. Um, He's the guy I talked about him on Monday. I think he was my Let's Get Weird GPP play on Monday. Um, Going back back to the well, right back to the well. Grant's still thinking. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, you cut out there for a second. And also, you stole the guy that I immediately saw once you started speaking. Uh, I'll go Lonzo. 
All right, I like it. Um, game selection. Sorry, game selection. Anything stand out to you on Fanduel or DraftKings? Uh, no, I'm going to talk about SuperDraft again. They're still cranking out a lot of overlay right now, and they're fifteen and four dollar GPP. All right, make sure you guys are checking that out. Very different type of format over there. Obviously, on Fanduel, we got the five dollar single entry series um, tournament. You know, rolling over there with them. So make sure you guys are checking that out. On DraftKings, you know, every day um, I, I talk mostly like single entry and three entry max stuff. Um, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit today and go um, with the four point play 20 entry max. I think this is an awesome slate to kind of dab your toes into entering more than one team. So I think the 20 entry max four point play over there on DraftKings is is super interesting uh, for this slate. There's just so many ways and so many ways you can build lineups on this one. So um, any over under against the spread pick that you like? I mean, you already stole the, I'll let you have the Houston one. Uh, I'm just going to, I don't know if it's out yet, but I'm taking the over in the Washington game. Yeah, it's not out yet. Not that I see. Um, So usually back to back, say wait, but I like that one, but yeah, Houston, was it minus six and a half? Um, I wrote them up on scores and odds, you know, the other day at like minus five and a half in this spot, and they won by 30. So going right back to the well um, on Houston here. Love the spot for them. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, I got to go pack up to leave tomorrow. Well, you have fun with that, my friend. I hope you have a good time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, that's going to wrap it up here. For Wednesday, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more NBA. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Hey, kids.